Well-Rounded Geek Podcast, Episode 17. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gaiman, and with me digitally today is my friend, Johnny, for another episode of the Jeffrey John Gaming <laughs> Show. What's up, man? Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, and I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas, but no, yeah, I'm across the country now, so this is how we're going to do it. This is how everybody's doing it, remotely, and we're just getting our bearings, I suppose. Yeah, I feel like the Band-Aid was ripped off with recording podcasts digitally, and now everyone's just more comfortable with it, and it's okay. It took us a while, but you're settled in now. Yeah, it and took I was us like, a little bit, but we're, we're good. We got it all situated, and you yeah. made this possible. I won't divulge <laughs> any more than that, but you made it possible, so thank you, Jeff. Yes, well, thank you for coming on. So today's show, we're going to talk about what we've been playing lately, as well as the hottest topics in gaming news, whether that be Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. So let's start off the show. What have you been playing lately? I have been playing, well, yesterday, I'll just start right at the most recent stuff. Uh, The trial for Hell Let Loose on Xbox Series X. I've been playing that a little bit. I probably got like an hour and a half in uh, just gameplay time, but I've heard nothing but good things about it over the years on PC, and I've always wanted to try it out. It kind of dropped out of nowhere that it was going to be releasing on Series X October 5th. Like, what the hell? So I'm definitely, I mean, I'm going to be buying that game regardless because I'm a huge World War II history buff. Like, my dad instilled a reverence for that subject and that period in my mind. So even if I don't end up enjoying it, I just have to support that developer for putting together what is possibly the most authentic World War II game, especially in 2021, where politically, you know, I'm going to go on my tangent here, Jeff. It's going to be G-rated. Politically, you got to be accommodating to everybody because history is offensive, but this game doesn't give a hoot. It's just macabre. It's gory. It's disturbing. It's very true to the, to what I know of the period. And it's, you know, even my buddy Jose, we were playing it yesterday, and you literally, its Im- there's an achievement for getting a single kill. So they knew <laughs> that at least console players would be having some growing pains when it comes to that, because you have to communicate. It's a game where it's 50 on 50, and we were playing Omaha Beach as the Americans. Not fun at all, because you literally just spawn and die, spawn and die. You have no clue who just killed you, but the setting is, the visuals are just so convincing, and it's so polished and well put together. It's not like that game Enlisted on the Series X, which dropped about a year ago yeah. in November. Enlisted, that sucks. I'll be honest. I paid 30 <laughs> bucks for that because I was like hard up for a historical shooter and... Nope, that was not it. Even a year later, they've added a bunch of content to it. They've got, you know, Berlin. They've got North Africa. They've got uh, even the Normandy campaign themselves. And you can have fun with it, and it's free to play. But I paid 30 bucks for it, so I'm judging it as a $30 game. It's awful. The controls are terrible, and they just never got any better, and it's very buggy and unpolished. Uh, but free, it's all right. Hell Let Loose light years better and they even have like a revolutionary chat system like jose and i were playing it and we're just like holy hell this is so intuitive i cannot see that not catching on like you're in a private chat so it was me jose and my little brother and we're all talking to each other on the private party chat which everybody does now um and you can still hear the people in your squad 
the four or five other people in your immediate squad talking through the headset oh, like in addition to the dope. people in your party so that's like I've never seen that before. Maybe that's been going on on PC, but you know I've I've fallen off of PC gaming since high school um, when I brought Battlefield Two in for show and tell. <laughs> but that was uh, social suicide back then. But I don't. I'm wearing a Mortal Kombat shirt right now, so I yeah. No, once we become adults, you realize it doesn't matter. You just want to enjoy stuff. <laughs> so no, definitely true on that. And you can just hold left bumper. And immediately, seamlessly, during gameplay, whatever, switch your audio from your private party to your squad to global. Like, so all 50 people on your team can hear you. So you can do that at literally your behest on a whim. No latency, nothing. It's just immediate. And I can't believe that hasn't been thought of before some indie game did it on the Series X. That's I've never seen that before. And you know that you and I, we both play a wealth of games. Never seen that before. That has to become the norm. Yeah, and I don't know if that exists on PC or not. I, I'm not well-versed in that either, but it definitely doesn't exist on console. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it, period. Like any, I've never even heard it talked about. So if it's on the PC version of that game, then good on them. But like... On console, that is unheard of, and that was something that really caught my eye once like, you know, you started playing in a party. But the game itself is impossible. It is so polished and pretty and well done, and it's just very immersive, which is something that, you know, historical games in particular, like I was saying earlier, because of all the political situations going on where you have to be accommodating to any and all, regardless of feeling well keeping in mind their feelings like you don't want to offend anybody because history is offensive but like this is so much in line with saving private ryan and band of brothers in that line of like thinking when you think of like world war ii uh that that scenario like it's just very well done and the controls do what you think they do a is jump a isn't like reload like what a lot of games do like in the 360 yeah. area and enlisted is very much in the 360 era of like no one knew how first person shooters were supposed to handle now it's all ubiquitous and they all control the same you hold b to prone you tap b to crouch and stand back up like it is it handles how you'd expect it to handle it's created by people who clearly have their you know have a handle on on console shooters and it's it runs well. It's not like PUBG when it came from PC to Xbox where it ran like garbage and to an extent still runs like garbage unless you're on a Series X. Like it's it runs smoothly. It's just a really well done game. It's impossible. If you don't tr- if you treat this like a shooter, you're not going to have fun. If you treat this like you're actually in a war simulation, you might enjoy yourself. <laughs> I knew you were going to love that game cuz you like you've already touched on, you are critical of you know, Hollywood productions or video game productions of history, you know, and World War Two is your it's your forte. Love that game so far. I'm going to get it just to support the developers, even if I don't end up like, you know, becoming a diehard as far as playtime goes on it. Like, I just want to support that kind of passion because it was clearly made by people who have a reverence for that time period or a respect for it. And I, I don't know. I, that, that's just me. I don't normally just buy things to support the developers, but it is a good game at its base level, foundational level. It's a very good game and it's a solid shooter and it handles well. It looks it, the frame rate smooth. Everything about it is just enjoyable and it's different. It's not like Call of Duty, but which we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> but other games I've been playing 
Uh, what was I playing last night? Sea of Thieves and Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's what Jose and I have been playing mostly until we get some of these new releases, which we'll talk about, like Alan Wake Remastered. But the games that I've been playing, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the co-op, and uh, Sea of Thieves, which you know it comes and goes for me. I, I enjoy both those. Yeah, you want to know a game that you said you would never play, but I've been pleasantly surprised with. I, I play it here and there. Um because I've been busy, but I, I could totally sit down and beat it in a weekend if I was invested enough, is Psychonauts 2. That game is incredible, and I never would have played it if I didn't have Game Pass. Psychonauts 2, I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> yeah, and I never, I mean, I'm 30. I never would have thought I'd play a game like this, but it's it's returning me to a childhood form where I feel like I got the most out of games when I was younger, like... The voice acting is incredible. The storytelling is incredible. The, the gaming mechanics are great. The graphics are great for that type of art style. It's a really good game. And we've talked about it before, but I'm thankful I'm even able to play it without spending actual money because I'm getting enjoyment out of it. And I never would have ever i didn't play the original did you no i never had any interest in that that was yeah. like a, a what is that it's like a tim schaefer game but uh i um i i just never it never caught my eye it just looked the art style was too tim burton-esque yeah and i was just i don't know not not appealing to me but everything that you just said there is appealing to me because it harkened back to previous conversations we've had as we've gotten older i know 30 in the grand scheme of things is still a kid but like going to Disney World and reliving or re getting rekindling that childlike sensation, like you just said that it made you feel like you were younger again, and that that right there kind of has me sold on trying it at least. No, you should definitely <laughs> try it. I I the reason there's moments where I don't talk to you about stuff like as frequent as we have before because I want to talk about it on the podcast and have it be fresh because I've wanted to text you like so many times about this game but I wanted to talk about it here <laughs> um it's definitely something you should try but it's obviously going to have to take a back seat because there's just a wealth of games that are going to start rolling out this fall compare that game I mean I'm ignorant of Psychonauts so if somebody's listening to this like what the hell is Psychonauts is it like, a, is it a platformer, like on the level of Mario or Banjo-Kazooie, like I mentioned before? Like, what is it? Is it, is there shooting in it? Um, you use different, uh, like, psychic powers, but it's like... Is it like a platformer? Do you, like, jump around and it's third person and all that? Yeah, but... Because yeah, I, I have no, no, I have no knowledge of this game other than it's popular. It's really good, man. Like, I was surprised. And you can tell that they've built, like a completely original story that's almost brilliant dude play it and see what i'm talking about they they can go into like people's minds and the levels take place in the villains minds and there's different elements that deal with like mental health issues but it's done in a really creative like kid friendly i can't even explain it you just have to play it and then we'll talk about it on the podcast <laughs> but regardless there's a lot of games coming out so we can just move this into starting to talk about nintendo and sony and microsoft we'll start off the show with nintendo as everyone knows or if you don't know nintendo switch oled comes out the eighth so five days from now we're recording the third 
we haven't spoken on this yet because we've had a little break in between our chats. What are your thoughts and opinions on that device? The Nintendo OLED, I mean, I'll just be straight up. I think it looks cool. It's obviously pretty. But the only people that are... And I'll just say it. I don't care. I'm just going to speak freely on this podcast. I'm going to keep it G-rated, though. Like, the Nintendo is the Donald Trump of video games. They can get away with anything that they want. Like, they can do anything, and people will eat it up. Because... The, the, who who's this marketed for it doesn't bring anything fresh to the table people wanted stronger hardware and that was even the bare minimum like you, we want to play our games in 4k breath of the wild possibly in 4k like no you ain't gonna get that it's just it seems silly to me that especially during the pandemic like maybe i'm just thinking big world picture here but why would you mass produce a product when these semiconductors and all these chips that they're complaining about worldwide that they're in short supply why would you mass produce this when it literally adds nothing like what did they change the placement of the kickstand it's oled and it has better audio. Maybe I'm making that up on the audio side. I assume it does, but you can't assume with Nintendo because they literally just added Bluetooth. Right. Like, I what? could be I could be wrong, but I don't think there's any hardware improvements outside of the kickstand, the screen, and the the docking station, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. how does anyone get excited for that? Even if you're a diehard Nintendo fan, and, and I am. I am a diehard Nintendo fan. Like, we're going to talk about, in a moment, like, the N64 collection coming. Like, I'm pumped for that. But the OLED, that sucks. Yeah. Like, who, nobody, there's no way anyone wants that. I mean, I know there's a way because of what we just said about who they're parallel politically. But it's like, they can get away with anything. People will buy it. But as the old adage goes, a fool and his money are soon parted. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and shortly after that, the Valve Steam Deck got announced. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. that's like everything you would want to see in a handheld gaming device, like hardware upgrades. It's beautiful. You can play multiple forms of games on there. Nintendo. It's, it's like the next evolution of the Switch. It's like the right. Switch broke that barrier of like portable console gaming. And I, I mean, portable home gaming. I mean, I'm, I'm just lumping PC into like the word console because it's stationed at home. But you can bring that on the go. And that was revolutionary with, you know, the, the preliminary phases of that with the Wii U and then the Switch perfected it, so to speak. But now the Steam Deck, like it allows you to actually play full powered games at high frame rates. And it's just like... I mean, I believe it's 720p is the expectation for 60 frames on that thing at like the, the normal basic model. But, you know, 720 on a smaller screen is going to look better than 1080 because it's so condensed. And I, I'm i I'm blown away by what I've seen of that. I think it looks so, so damn cool, dude. I know. And I, I want one. It just, it's expensive. And as you, I'm the type who wants to buy, if I'm going to make an investment like that, I, I want the higher end because I don't want to feel like two years later that I'm like, oh, regretful. I didn't get the higher end because you know how quickly technology ages, you know, I want that. It's just, it's expensive, but I don't know. Maybe I'll end up getting it. I've seen people, um, 
like it's a Linux based system apparently, but they're able to still get Game Pass on there somehow. That's a huge selling point for me. If I can play all my Game Pass games and stuff on there, you know. So no, absolutely. Do we have the prices in front of us? I'm I'm just googling on my computer right now for the Nintendo Switch OLED and that's three fifty. Maybe the basic that's three fifty. And what about the uh, the Steam Deck? I mean, I, yeah, the, you were talking about the different models and because that's I mean, it's essentially like buying a PC, a gaming PC, but you have that perk of it being portable and it's and you can upgrade it down the road. I mean, it's it's cool like that. But like, as you said, I don't know if I'm willing to shell out that kind of money. <laughs> I know I, I feel the same way, especially since, you know, now that cloud exists, you could, in theory, just turn your phone into that if you wanted to play Game Pass. Exactly. Games, but... No, it. I feel like every conversation we have kind of like circumnavigates its way back toward Game Pass because, you know, you and I, if we had to choose like one system to to like be stranded on an island with, it would probably be a Nintendo system because you and I just love that that sense of returning to your childhood. But uh, like Microsoft, it's I don't think it's even arguable. There's nothing competitive to it right now in terms of and not to segue or steal the, the topic here, but. Microsoft is killing it right now as far as what they offer for how much money it is to to the barrier of entry, like the cost of entry. It's it's minimal in comparison to what you get. Like, it, it's yeah. crazy. We're just talking about Psychonauts, uh, you know, the the well, of course, Game Pass. And then you've got the cloud gaming. Like, as soon as that gets, uh, I guess, inches toward perfection, like yeah. it's still technically in beta. Once they iron out the bugs as far as latency, I mean, that is the future right there. Like, they're so far ahead of the curve. It's kind of like how Tesla is in regard to pretty much everything technology right now. (laughs) Yes. No, I agree. And we'll we'll touch on it for sure. I think they're leading the pack with how they're approaching, like, the next generation of gaming because it's it's not sitting at home on your couch, on your console anymore that you need to have different forms you know yeah and it, and, it, and it can be that it can be that but you just have the option like you can go anywhere like you can play it you don't even need the console right it's crazy to me i know it's crazy to me too nintendo they've been getting away with murder like we've talked about but there are still some things that i'm obviously like excited about you know i i mm-hmm. they just had the nintendo direct so we can segue into talking about that now they announced some cool stuff that we're all excited about the first thing did did you see kirby in the forgotten land did you see that preview that that all i don't know it's hard for me to get excited about kirby because i i've enjoyed him growing up kirby's dream world dreamland kirby 64 and the crystal shards they're fun but i don't know i just I'm more excited about like Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, I agree. <laughs> it still looked good though. I, I, it was a pleasant surprise, you know. And then they hit us with the bombshell that we've been asking for. So yet again, they've been getting away with murder because their online experience has been terrible. Like nothing to what they hyped it up to be, you know. It's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and if you play anything else, uh, you're probably not going to be having too much fun splatoon maybe i don't know right it's so bad so what they announced was the nintendo switch online expansion that's gonna bring in n64 games that everyone loved and sega genesis games what are your thoughts on that i know you already touched on it a little bit but 
Well, well, out of the gate here, they still don't have a formal price point on that yet, do they? I know. They? Nope. That's horrible. How do they not announce that? That leads me to believe that just like they did with the Nintendo OLED model, they didn't announce that when everyone thought they were during a Nintendo Direct. They announced it just randomly, like in the middle of a day, like in the middle yep. of the week. And it's like, oh, that's because they knew it was going to suck and it wasn't going to wow anybody. That's kind of how this is feeling to me. Um, I'm wowed by the fact that they announced that some of these N64 games might have online play. They didn't announce which ones, so it's probably going to be like something really crummy, like Cruising USA, as opposed to Mario Tennis, which I would be thrilled to play online. And then, like you were saying, their online offering is weak. So I, I, I'm fully anticipating those games to be unplayably laggy when they do come, if they do come. Uh, but I'm... I don't know. Having said all of that and being realistic, engaging my expectations to what we come to know of Nintendo, uh, I'm thrilled. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to play N64 games on the go. Like, I know you can do that on your cell phones illegally and what have you, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to potentially play Mario Kart 64 online. If they do that, which they said some of these games will have online ena enabled, I that just is like I don't know I'm I'm super excited for that man I'm excited too that was something I wasn't expecting to hear that in that direct that direct had some things that were surprising to me and that's why you watch some of these press conferences that you hope you hear something that you haven't already been spoiled or heard murmurs on you know so that was surprising to me they're also going to release, that's going to be, like, more details are supposed to come late October, so I think we'll find out prices later this month, we'll see release date stuff well, like that. Isn't it, is, isn't it actually launching later this month? I, I, that was my, my understanding. I believe it's actually launching later in October, uh, so I'm hoping that we hear uh, pricing information, you know, imminently, but I feel like it's going to be a disappointment because I don't, I I just feel like they're going to use this as an excuse. Like, oh, you want those N64 games, huh? Well, you're going to have to fork over 60 bucks a year like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold. You that's what that? I'm thinking they're like, going to do, too. And that's why they didn't I, and in, in that event, if that's the case, they can jog right on with that. Because I ain't paying 60 bucks for Nintendo Online. You would have to be a complete fool. And you know that that's always a risk with them because... They have insane expectations at times, and that's probably why they didn't announce it because they didn't want it to be a negative point to a show that they had some pleasantly surprising announcements. And let's be honest here. The price for Nintendo Online should not be affected by this whatsoever. If we're being realistic, <laughs> it should still be 20 bucks a year. It should. Because what are you playing on the Switch Online? The answer, the same things you were playing in 2017 when the system came out. Mario Kart. <laughs> Right. That's it. Right. Maybe Splatoon 2. Did that come out in 2017? I think so. <laughs> they shouldn't alter the price, and if they do, it should be very minuscule. So they also showed that they're going to come out with um, N64 and Sega Genesis controllers that are going to be compatible with the Switch. That was cool. So after those announcements, we thought things were done, but then they ended up announcing... <laughs> That a Super Mario Brothers animated film is coming out holiday 2022. What are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, let's be honest here. I know a lot of people are like angry about some of the casting choices. Oh, why isn't it, uh, you know, the actual voice actor for Mario, Charles Martinet? But, you know, 
I, I've read that, I mean, I'm just going dorky on this, but I've heard that it's difficult for him to maintain that high-pitched voice for extended periods of time. So, I mean, and they also wanted this to be, it's a Hollywood production, so to speak. So they want this to uh, draw in a more diverse crowd than the nerds like us. So Chris Pratt, I think he's a great choice. I don't know how Mario's going to sound, but this ain't going to be the Mushroom Kingdom that you and I grew up with. This is going right. to be like the 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 DreamWorks, you know, Shrek type of animation, I believe. And, you know, I can't imagine how these characters are going to sound. I know it's going to be a little jarring, um, but, you know, ultimately Sonic the Hedgehog was a good movie. It Really, though? It was really good. Yeah. I, th- I really loved that movie that came out like Valentine's Day 2020 just before the pandemic started. But, you know, this movie, I think it's going to be good. I mean, you've got I mean, if people are upset about Chris Pratt, look at some of the other names on that roster on that billing. You've got Jack Black as Bowser. I mean, that's I honestly think that that's going to be more jarring than Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, hey, it's me, Mario. It's going to be like, whoa, Mario. Like, we know that's how <laughs> Bowser's going to sound. That's how Jack Black talks. I'm excited for Jack Black as Bowser. So let's go through the list. I have it on my screen. So we have Chris Pratt as Mario. We have Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. So she's from, have you seen her in anything? I've never even heard of her, but I think she looks like Peach. <laughs> <laughs> she's a really good actress. She was in this, uh, wow. I'm forgetting the name of the show, but it was a chess show on Netflix that everyone, it became a huge like cult classic. It was really good. So we need that emergency great. IMDb. Charlie Day's <laughs> Luigi. That made me laugh. <laughs> he kind of looks like Luigi too. And they have the pictures up next to him. Jack Black Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, which that made me laugh mm-hmm. too, man. And that then, made me laugh too. I, I feel like he's actually going to pull off like the Toad we know. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I know. I think so too. <laughs> and then Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. That is. I excellent. can see that too. That that made me laugh the hardest because you know he's gonna pull off like the the Pineapple Express. Seth Rogen's be like, like, yeah. I'm excited for that movie. It was a pleasant surprise. I Nintendo Directs happen frequent enough to where I don't expect like much from them. And I, my friend, sent me when that was going to be so i ended up watching it and i was like oh they actually like announced some stuff this time and it was cool like you would expect to see some stuff like that at e3 you know so i appreciated that um we'll move on from nintendo after we announce the games that are coming out this month metroid dread is coming out the 8th and mario party superstars that you're looking forward to is coming out the 29th so Nintendo mm-hmm. has at least two games to look forward to. I'm not going to lie. If they would have improved the Switch hardware-wise with the OLED screen, I would have bought it for sure, and I would have been so excited to play Metroid Dread on that because that game looks great. But I'm still going to get Mo- Metroid Dread, and I'll probably get Mario Party Superstars. So at least we have that to look forward to this month. Well, Probably Mario Party Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a must-buy for me. Like, that... I mean, we're talking about harkening back to the childhood. They got remade maps of the earlier N64 entries. Like, I need that game now. I, I would I would replace Metroid. I would transpose those two. I'd have Metroid come out at the end of the month in Mario Party on October 5th if I could. I, I'd even sacrifice Alan Wake Remastered, which I've mentioned like three <laughs> times already. 
just to get Mario Party early. Like, I can't wait for that. And it's online. I know. What? What? At least we have some Nintendo games to look forward to this month. It's been like a drought for them. Really, though. It really has. I mean, Zelda, I've been playing. I didn't beat it. Uh, Skyward Sword. That was good, but at least we have Metroid Dread and Mario Party Superstars to look forward to. So we'll take this to move into Sony. Um... They also had a showcase that we'll talk about, but before that, I wanted to discuss they recently acquired Bluepoint Games, who is known for Shadow of the Colossus and Demon's Souls. We've talked about this off-air, but what are your thoughts on that? They they remastered those games. Um, I think it was, what, Japan Studios and what have you that, that actually was, was the original developer of, like, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. But they, they didn't even develop those. They just remastered them so they're like i believe they also blue point games you know they typically to my knowledge they're known for remastering games and making them you know prettying them up for a modern audience i think that that's actually an awesome acquisition by sony like i think that was a smart move i will say that i thought that they already made this move months ago so when they formally announced it possibly again with these like celebratory videos i was like Wait, didn't this already happen? That I think that's a smart move because those remasters that they've come up with, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, they did an excellent job on those. An excellent job. Yeah, you and I were talking about it. I thought they announced this a while ago as well, but even when they what we were discussing a while ago when we thought they announced it, some of these studios that Sony's acquiring... I already like assumed that they owned those studios and they were already exclusive to Sony. So like it's great once you find out that they weren't, (laughs) but to me, it's not that exciting because I already thought, you know, that they were exclusive to Sony. I don't know if this means that Sony's eyeballing uh, more in the way of like re-releasing classics of theirs and prettying them up for a new generation. I, you know, I have mixed feelings on that because I always feel like just make it backward compatible like Microsoft's doing and then add HDR like Microsoft's doing and make it prettier. Like if you want to do the remaster anyways, go ahead, but still have that as an option. Sony, as you know, it's a $70 price point on games and it's you know, they're not about that. But I do enjoy a good remaster. I won't lie. Shadow of the Colossus in HD with, you know, proper aliasing, anti-aliasing, I should say, anisotropic filtering, everything. It's It, it was nice. I, I really enjoyed that, the 60 frames and all that. I, I really do enjoy a good remaster. Yeah, you and me both. I do. And it's nice to see some activity from Sony's end. I mean, they still have a huge following, and everyone's still obsessed with the PS5. But like we've talked about before, there's really not that much content out still. Even like we'll talk about Microsoft after this, but even without Game Pass, these next gen consoles just don't have much content. So I'm looking forward to when that content starts rolling out. The PlayStation Showcase showed what was up and coming for for PlayStation. It was good. Uh, We'll talk about some of the games, but... One thing that I found, I guess, annoying was, yet again, we don't have, like, dates for anything. So I'll go through the games. The first game that I have on my list was 
Insomniac Games showed that they're working on a new Wolverine game. I don't love the superhero stuff like I used to, but that might be really cool. You know, it looks sweet. There is a Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the game was beautiful. I played the original Spider-Man uh, on my PS4, and it was great, but I just lost interest. I'm just not into that anymore. I feel like once you see these repetitive, like, just just iterations of the same superhero, but just looking different, it's the same story, you know? It is it, the same story. I mean, I guess to be more clear, the, the story is always along these lines. He discovers his power, and then he meets the villain. The villain does something dastardly and bullies the, the hero into doubting himself. So the, the villain takes over. The rising action is that uh, the hero has a coming-to-God moment. Oh, maybe I should defend the, the greater good. He fights the villain, defeats the villain, repeat, five million times. <laughs> I know. They've completely ruined the superhero genre just by how money-hungry they got. The movie industry. Oversaturation. Everything. Um, one game that was hyped though, that I am excited for, and it would be the type of game that would convince me possibly to get a PS5 if I wasn't paying scalper prices was God of War Ragnarok. They showed a gameplay trailer that's still slated for 2022. That looks incredible. I loved God of War on PS4. I thought that was one of the best games in recent memory, certainly possibly of all time. Uh, it was just, it did things in keeping like with the conversation of superhero type stuff. Like it it handled like, so to speak, Thor's hammer, how he, he can recall the hammer and it comes from anywhere right back into his hand. Yeah. It did that mechanic expertly, flawlessly. It was the only game that has ever done that well. And it just felt like, I mean, I dropped the word immersive earlier with Hell Let Loose. This was a game that made you lose yourself in Norse mythology. Like you and the twist was so expertly done in a game that you don't necessarily expect that kind of thing from, uh, you know, from the first knock at Kratos's door for the I won't spoil anything for the original game, but the antagonist is looking for you know, what you think is Kratos, but it ends up being someone else entirely. And it's just so well done. The story was captivating. You played it through to the end to see the conclusion. And it was just, and and I also heard that they're going to end it with this one, meaning the the Norse chapter of God of War, because they don't want to make people wait over a decade to see the conclusion of a trilogy. And right. good on them for not running this thing as long as they could. Like, they could feasibly pull a Walking Dead on us and never end it. Just keep it going and going and going. And people will certainly buy it in droves and keep buying it and buying it and buying it. But good on them for putting their foot down and and actually having some, I guess, respect for their work. Yeah, that they don't want to ruin a good thing, you know, and... That game is going to be a huge selling point for them. It looks amazing. Like I said, I'll probably end up buying a PS5 at that point. Hopefully it it comes out like earlier 2022, but we'll see. Uh, The other thing that they announced was Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection Remastered. They're saying that's for early 2022. What are your thoughts on that? You're a huge Uncharted fan. I, I love Uncharted. That would probably be the thing that causes me to get a PlayStation 5 because I'm such an <laughs> Uncharted fanboy. But I mean, I'm always I'm always pessimistic on these things because I hate retreading old 
old ground, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They've already remastered them. I feel the same way. Um, me personally, that didn't move the needle for me. It's, it's not, I've already had my fun and time with those games. I, I don't need another reiteration or remastered. I will probably, if I had a PS5, I would probably play it, but I would not complete some of those games. I probably wouldn't be into them as heavily as I have been in the past, if that makes sense. I assumed that they were also including 1, 2, and 3 in that again. They're not. It's just 4 in the Lost Legacy. That's yeah. terrible. 4 is already in HD. What are they going to do with that? Is it going to be 4K now? Who cares? That's terrible. God, I know. 60 frames in 4K, I assume, is what they're converting those both into, Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy. That's terrible. That, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be 70 bucks too, isn't it? They're just continuing to milk their cash cows, man. Like, that's so bad. So I ain't buying a PS5 for that. I feel the same way. Sony had an okay showcase, but like I already touched on, they didn't really release any dates. So I don't really know what to fully get excited for with them. And that's why I still don't have that console other than the fact that it's just impossible to find. Let's move on to Microsoft. I have some topics from them. We have some upcoming games. There are some upcoming games that are going to come out on uh, PlayStation and Xbox. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. With Microsoft, in recent news, they released cloud gaming on PC through the Xbox app. And they're also rolling out the cloud console beta to specific insiders. That, I think, is a big move for them. Because... You've talked about it already, like because of Game Pass being video game overload, you almost have to strategically manage your storage. If you have a way to try out these games via cloud on your console and see if it's worth a download, there's no harm in that. Like, I think that's great. And then the fact that have you been seeing some of these viral images of people like they're playing, for example, you have a Mac, they're playing halo on a mac with a ps5 controller i i I love that i love that you know i i love giving people more options to play games um i love the push in some games like it really started with the last of us part two where you're giving more accessibility options to those who may be colorblind or handicapped in any sort of capacity and uh you know just giving people more accessibility to utilize what they already have to play your product, I think is a genius move. And, you know, we'll see if they're able to, if it ends up panning out financially the way that they, I assume, anticipate it. Yeah, we'll see. There's no harm in making gaming accessible across multiple devices and giving everyone more access to things. And it's just fascinating to see some of the stuff that I've been seeing shared on Twitter and the fact that someone's playing an Xbox exclusive with like a PS5 controller, you know, on their PC. It's just cool to me. They also announced Dolby Vision Gaming and Dolby Atmos. It's available now on the Xbox Series S and X. I honestly thought it was already available like you were talking about because it was an option mm-hmm. that was on our console to like check or uncheck. Yeah, when it when it shows that what your TV's capable of, like yeah. 120 hertz, 60 hertz in 4K or whatever. Uh, Dolby Vision is on there, but I assumed that it was just automatic. Uh, not the case. Like I actually went in yesterday before I was playing Hell Let Loose and enabled it formally. 
um, in that same menu. And, you know, I, I don't notice a change. I, don't, I didn't really do any research as far as if there's a formal list of games that are applicable with it or how it exactly works. But, I mean, I haven't checked. My TV is compatible with it. I was playing Sea of Thieves, which seems to be like one of the front runner games for enhancements like that. So I didn't notice anything. But I'm sure someone with the right output or the right hardware, I, I guess, and an eye for that kind of thing, like looking out for it, I mean, I, I'm sure they noticed it, but that's the kind of thing where it's neither here nor there. I don't notice much of a difference either. It's supposed to be full spectrum visuals and immersive audio. I don't have an Atmos setup. I wish I did because it's cool to me to where it can make your whole room, you know, immersive with audio. I just don't have that setup. But at least they're still trickling out additional features and stuff instead of doing like what Nintendo did where they're just randomly saying, oh, we can turn this switch on now through an update and you can connect a Bluetooth headset all of a sudden that you've been asking for for years. Um, another thing that Microsoft's been doing that I think is cool more than usual, right, is they have way more peripherals. Like they've had multiple controller releases that I've been buying. They have that Bluetooth and wired headset. I have both. I ended up buying the wired headset for my guests here for the podcast. It's great. Like... They've been secretly like just releasing good accessories, adding little features to their console, and adding games and functionality to Game Pass. And I think they're still doing like a great job. I, I truly do. And and to piggyback on that, I mean, just looking at the rundown of things here. I mean, you brought it up earlier in the show that you're frustrated by a lack of dates, a lack of hard dates on some of these games, primarily from Sony. But, you know, Microsoft does it, too. And it's like Microsoft is is actually doing a great job with the dates recently, because with Game Pass, they have all those games like available for preload. You can already preload Halo Infinite. You can already preload, you know, Back for Blood. You can preload so many games, whether they're on Game Pass or, or not, that are, you know, whether they're on Game Pass, which technically, I mean, you can throw lump that in with exclusive offerings. Uh, you know, you can just, the, the dates are there, and you can already load those games onto your hard drive. It's, I don't know, like, you can you can already prepare for, what was that game in April, Stalker? Like, that's, yeah. that's it's cool that you can, you can see when those games are dropping exactly. There's no veil or fog over those launch and microsoft got a lot of heat in the past by not having dates you know they would at first they didn't have like exclusive games or they didn't have games so they listened to people they bought all those studios they have a wealth of games in development but then they didn't really have dates and now they're like laying out the dates these games might not be all our cup of tea but in that E3 show, you know, they were like, okay, the next six months throughout the remainder of the year, we have like at least one big Game Pass title every month. And they lay out specific dates. And we can talk about the upcoming games right now. Hell Let Loose is an exclusive to Xbox. You've already talked about it. I did want to bring it up in this segment, though, just because there's still a trial before it releases on the 5th. And that's through Xbox. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that exists on Sony, but I know of it on Xbox right now. And that's how you were able to play that game. So I at least wanted to bring that up. Yeah, there's a free 10-hour trial. And I, yeah. I, uh, I think it's certainly worth 
checking out for anyone that might be on the fence of that game because you know it is forty dollars and i do personally think as a world war ii buff that that's a little steep for an indie title like that but with how polished the game is and how well put together it is and how faithful it is to recreating or or at least respecting the source material that is where 60 million people lost their lives it's but converting that into a game or play thing like it's it's really well done, and I, I strongly recommend anybody to check it out. You're going to die a lot. You're going to be waiting a long time to respawn. But if you treat it as like the equivalent of NBA 2K for war, <laughs> you will have a, a much greater appreciation for what they're trying to do with that. And the fact that you can play that 10-hour trial is cool. Like They've been doing that with certain games, and I think that's just cool. You know, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been participating in various trials. Uh, the next game, it's not an exclusive to Xbox either, but it is exclusive to launching on Game Pass. It's back for blood. It launches on Game Pass October 12th. Even if it's not that good, I'm still going to play it. I'm excited to play that game, and the fact that I get it on Game Pass is epic. You know? No, I, I it piggybacks on what you were saying earlier. You don't have to spend any extra money. You just have your subscription, and you can have at it. And many of these titles, uh, you know, it's... To my knowledge, I believe it is because they have pretty much the whole collection on there. You know, you can play these via cloud, and that's also cool. But Back for Blood, it's essentially, if people don't know, it's Left 4 Dead 3. So if you played Left 4 Dead, Valve Shooter, you know, team-based cooperative. It's not team-based. It's cooperative. And you have four people. You go through these, essentially, story campaigns, linear, and you just kill zombies. It's a lot of fun. It's the Left 4 Dead was the premier zombie co-op shooter in a world of zombie co-op shooters but uh you know i i played the beta i thought the beta sucked but i'm gonna try it and i'm gonna play it and i'm probably gonna love it but (laughs) i'm sure they had time to iron out the kinks of the beta period yeah and we'll see it's coming up in nine days it's crazy how fast time has all these games are already releasing. So the next game was, this isn't necessarily for me, but it is launching on Game Pass. Age of Empires 4 is coming out October 28th. There's a huge cult following for that. I personally, if, if there's some easy achievements I can get, yeah, that's another reason that I've been enjoying Game Pass. <laughs> I'm getting like achievements on games that I would never really play because they're just easy, you know, and it's free. Um, the next game that... I normally wouldn't play, but I am excited to play because of Game Pass as well. Is Forza Horizon Five that comes out November? I'm pumped 9th. for that. I'm pumped for that. It looks beautiful. I, you know, I don't like I don't like any racing games at all unless it's Motorstorm, which is canceled and discontinued and extinct, or it's Mario Kart. Yep. So for me to be trying out a racing game, I mean that that speaks volumes, I suppose, just coming from me. Uh, personally, you know, in my own mind, it's still jarring. I'm like, I'm going to be playing Forza 5. Like, why do I have any interest in this? And that's because of how open world it is. Like, you can drive around what is uh, what is the technique called? Photogrammetry, where the environments are photorealistic. Like, they've taken photos of, like, it's based out of Mexico, I believe, and it just recreates the terrain and geography and that biome so faithfully that it's it's like scary how good that game looks. It, it it honestly is the type of product 
where when you're playing it on a 4K TV, it will look like those Best Buy tech demos where it's like looking through a window. Like, is that real or is that a video game? It's it's wild how pretty it is. And then the, the heavy hitter is going to be Halo Infinite. That launches December 8th. I'm super pumped for that. We finally got a launch date. <laughs> I wanted to talk about basically the beta, the trial that's been going on because people have been playing that game. I'm sure that I would have been able to have access to it, but I don't want to spoil anything, especially when it's not like the completely finished product. What mm-hmm. are your initial well, thoughts on that? What you've seen? I have not played the beta, but from what I've seen of you know just clips on Twitter and just following the development of that game, it was supposed to come out at the launch or near the launch, the launch of the Xbox Series S and X, that didn't happen. It was delayed a full year. So that that's unheard of that Microsoft would do something like that. But, you know, it seems to have panned out because oh yeah, they had so much, they had like a, a breadcrumb trail leading us here because there really hasn't been a true next-gen game for any console at this point. PS5, Series X, what have you there's there's nothing as far as what you could say is like the equivalent of a super mario 64 this seems to be like the first true next gen game if if forza 5 you know ignoring that because that's a racing game it's not as like you know it's it's not as uh it doesn't cast as wide a net on an audience i suppose like Mm -hmm. it's a niche type game whereas halo is a game that everyone can jump into and it's it, it looks unbelievably gorgeous. The texture work is top tier. It's it's like otherworldly how nice those freaking rocks look, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and the weapon models and the lighting. I mean, this looks to be the first true next-gen game that'll be like a showcase for your system that may or may not be collecting dust at this point in time. Uh, and it was a game that had a really trepidatious and turbulent development cycle like when it was about to launch last year it got ripped apart for just being a joke and ugly and just feature poor and all of that and now over the course of the last year it seems like it's picking up steam and momentum because there was a period in time where there was a popular sentiment that halo is going to flop halo is not going to be what everyone's everyone initially thought it was or so on and so forth just negative themed comments and I think that this game is really like having an apotheosis of sorts. Like it's oh for sure, it's rising to the occasion. Dude, have you seen the people just, that have been playing it on Twitter? It looks they're freaking shocked. awesome. Yeah, they're they said pumped. it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's because of what we were talking about just a second yeah. ago. Like it was the opinion on it was so low, but it's apparently so good that those that are actually giving it a shot and we're ready to hammer it down for being a piece of garbage yeah, are being pleasantly surprised when they shouldn't be. This isn't Microsoft's baby. They weren't going right. to let this thing they rot had or, or to turn deliver out like garbage. If they want to succeed the next generation of gaming um, to the, the success levels that they've had in the past, they had to deliver on this game and the fact that it's going to be accessible to PC players and it's going to be free-to-play multiplayer they had to deliver a quality product and based on the reception i am pumped dude they're saying that this is like the best feeling halo since halo 3 and just hearing that alone i'm sold oh my god like that was my favorite halo game and 
it like looks I send incredible. you texts with with music from the soundtrack of Halo Three to this day, and we just like reminisce. Like to hear anything compared to Halo Three is the best compliment. Yeah, and from people that are normally going to be very critical of the newer Halo games because the older Halo games are just much much better, and and people don't like. And it's popular to hate on. I was about to say it's popular to rag on three four three though. Today in 2021, years removed now from its horrible launch, the Master Chief Collection is money. <laughs> it is. Yeah, the value there is undeniable. You know, it took a while to get there, but now <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's it's undeniable. But I am pumped for Halo. They also announced a special edition console. I couldn't get my hands on it, but I wanted it so bad. It looks sweet. And they added a bunch of extra, you know, controller, headset, things like that. What were your thoughts on the console? Did you like the design of that? I really think I think that everything they've been doing, as far as just, and and this is some this is a topic that we've discussed, you know, prior to this podcast. You know, Nintendo sixty four used to do things like that, where they'd come out with different colored uh, controllers or schemes or you know art art schemes and you know the see through consoles and you know anything that's in that you know that it scratches that itch and it's nice to see that there's just so many different artistic options available like as far as the controllers go like you send me controllers i never even knew existed like the the water controller that was you know had all it's those different shades of light right blue now, the aqua one it's <laughs> like beautiful. that thing yeah that is it's so sexy looking i didn't even know it existed and i want it like you just you just want the controllers because they're attractive and I've never seen that before since the N64 did it. And it's nice to see something like that happening again. I, I hope that Nintendo, of all companies, which they have some uh, uh, some color variances with the... God, what are they called again? You said it earlier. The Joy-Cons. Joy <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's nice to see other consoles dipping their toes in that and Microsoft leading the charge on it because it's so cool to see those different types of consoles that... that just have unique art styles and it's it's attractive it is i i wish i would have got my hands on that pre-order because i would have sold i would have find found a way to flip my series x because they're still going for like astronomical prices so i could have even flipped a used one and just used the halo one that's what my logic was but i couldn't the bots beat me on that too um (laughs) but yeah i'm excited for halo we'll continue to obviously talk about halo it's it's still a little bit far off so the more that we meet we'll talk about it and as it rolls out we'll talk about it before i start stop talking about microsoft i did want to mention the mini fridge is coming out for sure this holiday season but we don't have details on it yet it's going to come out at the end of this month more details i'm going to possibly i saw buy that, that on the rundown i saw that on the rundown i'm like damn it i feel like we're always talking about the mini fridge i'm excited about it that's why i always include it <laughs> and for people that don't know it's it's a mini fridge that looks like an xbox series x and it is actually the coolest thing to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about how they're approaching this time period is they took like a meme that was making fun of their console and bashing it and turned it into a full-blown full-fledged product like they're coming out with an Xbox Series X mini fridge 
that was making fun, but now they're going to profit off of it, dude. And I'm going to buy it. And they also, I love that they poke fun at themselves because it makes them much more relatable and likable, which coming from a console or a manufacturer just a generation ago was so anti-consumer with, you know, that DRM with the launch of the Xbox One. Remember they had all those protocols in place, anti-piracy, where you couldn't play your your copy of a game at a friend's house because it wasn't your yeah. console. And, you know, just that that many years later and we're heralding them for their you know art choices and their options on controllers and consoles looks and designs yeah they've been and, listening and that's and that's, that's refreshing key. and it's nice they're it woke. is key that's what it is they're yeah. listening and, <laughs> and they, then oh, and woke. also with halo infinite you were saying you know they made a pro a product based on a meme of their console you know that meme that's out there with how ugly the brutes looked or whatever that creature is in halo infinite like the goofy face like we're on video right now so the viewers can't see that but it's it's a meme that's very prevalent with halo infinite and making fun of its graphics way back when a year ago they they actually live up to that like i've seen microsoft post about that too and it's just they're using it to their marketing advantage it feels like have you ever seen eight mile with eminem is he like uses everything his enemy or like who he's facing is against him he uses it you know what i mean he makes fun of himself yeah he'll spin it into like a and yeah (laughs) he'll add it to his rolodex yeah that's what microsoft (laughs) is doing and I'm here for it, man. I, I still love Nintendo. I still love Sony. I just want to start to see more from those. I'm still leaning heavily towards Microsoft at this point. And it's not I my fault. I am as well. And it seems like it seems like Sony and Microsoft have switched places as far as like uh, consumer friendliness goes. I know everyone and their mother blindly loves Sony for whatever reason. They always have. I'm sure they always will. But, you know, if you actually follow this stuff, Microsoft is very much meteoric in its rise to listening to the consumer, and it's it's nice. Yeah, I agree. So we'll finish the show with some extra games that are up and coming that aren't exclusive really to anything. So one game that you're super pumped for, Alan Wake Remastered, that comes out in two days, October 5th. That's going to be awesome. I've been waiting for this forever, so I'm hyped for this. And it makes sense now in hindsight that they removed Alan Wake from Game Pass because lo and behold, this would get announced like two months later. But I'm I'm excited for it. You know, Alan Wake was one of the games that one of the few games, physical games that I brought with me all the way out west. And, you know, I saw this get announced coming up on Halloween because obviously that game was going to be popping up in my mind because it's it's not full blown horror, but it's a thriller. It's a Halloweeny type game. And Nothing replicates or recreates being in the woods at night like that game does all these years later. I believe it came out in May 2010, and that's when Red. it came out like the same day as Red Dead Redemption, and both those games are classics to me. It's been an Xbox exclusive all that time. Now it's finally going to be available on PlayStation consoles. It comes with both DLCs. Uh, the writer and what have you and those are uh, I mean one of them is better than the other but those are awesome the value there is incredible that's a game that you should not miss a lot of people did miss it but don't pass up on it this time it it had bad mouth movement back in the day bad facial movement and facial expressions back in the day but that didn't it was already bad at the time because uncharted 2 was already out and or around the corner at least and that was Naughty Dog's prime, where they outclassed everybody. Since yeah. then, people have caught up, and 
Alan Wake is a classic game, uh, regardless of how archaic looking some of the faces may look. It is, it's a game that you don't want to pass up on. It's like a mature adult themed Luigi's Mansion. That's the best comparison it you'll ever hear on that, that. game. <laughs> it's so good. So I'm, check I'm it pumped. out. I'm pumped for that. We're going to get to these months again where we just have too many games, you know? Um, yeah. And we're going to have to pass up. <laughs> and that's up. a good problem to have. It is. I'm going to pass up on a lot of them. So the next game was Far Cry 6. That comes out the 7th of October. That game looks great, but I'm probably going to pass on it because I just have too many games. I know, and I'm going to have to pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to I might end up passing on it too. I might come back to it. And it's a shame it. because it's got, yeah, I might, I will, I think I'm going to come back to it because in Ubisoft fashion, they normally drop the prices. Right. Six months after release, it'll be half price. I guarantee you that. Right. That's how all Ubisoft games are. And it's, it kind of discourages me from being an early adopter on their games, even though I love Far Cry. Far Cry 3 is by far the best one. Um, by far yeah what <laughs> um and far cry 6 it's got what's his face in it from mandalorian it's got uh giancarlo esposito is the yeah, main villain he's from and breaking bad too that makes me really want to buy it day one because mm-hmm. he's just like i don't know i i love that man like his his demeanor and his diction he's the it perfect just, villain it's, he is a perfect he villain is. so it'll be it'll be cool to just see i don't know it's gonna be hard to to pass on that day one for me (laughs) i just i I know i'll come back to it it's just there's too much coming out and i'll be like for sure playing alan wake plus all the nintendo stuff that's eventually going to come out this month of october there's just too much uh the next game is guardians of the galaxy that comes out october 26th 26th as you've touched on you're not excited for it there is a lot of people that are excited for it i'm not going to get it personally you know now um if there's one game that could have used chris pratt as opposed to the mario movie this is it yeah i know chris pratt on board (laughs) if he was on board i might buy it i know the next game is call of duty vanguard that comes out november 5th i don't know much about this at all do you I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's another. It goes back to the very opening of this podcast. It's another World War II game, just like Call of Duty World War II before it, and Battlefield Five after that. It's a very pandering game. So you have. It's just like don't make it based in World War II if you're not going to honor the theme. I suppose. Like there were World War II was a conflict that touched every corner of the globe. There wasn't one single country that was uninvolved in one way or another. So if you want to make it different by including, you know, ethnicities or languages or what have you that weren't uh, in the mainstream, like America, Soviets, what have you, there are so many stories in that conflict that you could utilize without making it historically inaccurate. Right. Like there are plenty like you could focus on. And I think that's part of the focus is in the campaign, at least to uh, pay respect or homage in some capacity, whether however accurate it is, remains to be seen to uh, female soldiers on the Eastern Front that fought on behalf of the Soviet Union, you know, female sniper teams or what have you, uh, you know, th- th- those that fought in Egypt, you know, the, the black soldier in, in Egypt or in the North African campaign that fought on behalf of the allies against the Africa Corps, which was Germany and Erwin Rommel and pushing them across the Mediterranean back into Italy where they came from. 
it's there's so many stories that they could focus on that are true and that actually happened and are based around real people. But too often we see that not being the case and they just kind of water down everything like by having uh, just truly, truly inaccurate scenarios that I don't know. It's just very jarring to be in Stalingrad and have British soldiers and Japanese soldiers running around. It just <laughs> it's it's I mean, I don't know. It's insulting to the greatest generation, I suppose, when there are so many stories that you could utilize that that use those same demographics or groups that actually happened. And you could open people's eyes up to those period to those points or those battles or those skirmishes in the conflict itself, in the greater war itself, and be like, wow, I didn't know that happened. You could use this as a teaching tool as it once was for me with the original Medals of Honor, Medal of Honor games and Call of Duty games before yep. this one in the early 2000s. Like that's part of what facilitated my my knowledge and my desire to learn history, right. particularly World War II history, where those video games, like I learned the weapons and what have you, the Carabiner 1898 Kurtz, the, the standard issue bolt action rifle for the Germans, the Sturmgewehr 44. Like I went on in my career to you know, museums and held those weapons and, and cherished the the history behind them because right. of largely gaming. And it's, I don't know, it's concerning to me because, you know, there is a younger group that plays those games and will grow up with a skewed view of history. So if you don't want to focus on the trite Normandy campaign that we've seen a zillion times already, and even then there are scenarios that we haven't seen because they don't focus on those. Like, show us the, the fighter's, in in france that were actually black like you don't need to make it all white because that wasn't the case like there are true to life scenarios that involved women fighting against the nazis and it's it's a shame that you know these companies don't it doesn't seem because it remains to be seen how accurate the campaign is but i'm not holding my breath based on what i've seen of, of anything else in these trailers it's just it's it's eh, it's not what it's it a used money to be, grab, man. It's always a money grab. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be factually accurate. They don't really care about <laughs> telling the accurate story anymore. They did when, like you said, when they started to produce these games, but it's just so far far mm -hmm. from that now. It's just a cinematic. It is far from it, that. It's it's completely inaccurate, and I know it irks you to your core because you're a huge slappy with that. But <sighs> that's why I don't I don't buy those games anymore. I, I just can't. And they're just trying to make it Call of Duty Modern Warfare in different settings. They've got uh, right. Black Ops, which is the Cold War period in the 80s, yep. 70s, 60s. They've got Modern Warfare, which is 2020s into the future a little bit. And then they've got World War II. So it seems like they're just jumping between the three periods now. And that'll be like their game plan going forward. But when you go to something is like... I mean, you can have fun, I guess, with the Cold War because a lot of that is rooted in fiction, like Black Ops. It's already like acknowledged and accepted to be a game rooted in fiction, like the spy espionage type stuff that actually happened. But to the extent that they depict it in the game, it's 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 accepted that it's an action movie type deal. Modern Warfare, it's not based on true events. World War Two actually happened, so they should try to teach people a thing or two about it, I suppose. You know, I don't want to see... Like in, and like the example I gave, you're playing Stalingrad, yet you've got British soldiers there or Japanese soldiers there. It's like, no, like a million people died there. How are you going to kind of crap on them like that? It's it's quite disrespectful. I don't even know how anyone that could have family members that were in those wars 
even play that with any type of respect, you know? But then you have, so the next game that we were going to talk about was Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. That comes out November 19th. That looks like completely out there. Like, they can take liberties with that one. Right. <laughs> they're just, they're just mean, making tornadoes take... appear out of mm-hmm. environmental And hazards. I think that it looks interesting. I honestly do. What, what is it, 128 players? And at least on Series X, I believe it's going to be on PS4 and Xbox One as well, but with 64 players. On Series X, Series S, and PS5, it's going to be 128. You're going to have the dynamic weather events that occur. Like that has me, that has me very much interested in checking that game out, uh, just for the the spectacle of it. Like I'm I'm not fully on board with like the full on futuristic fiction weapons like in modern warfare call of duty i like using weapons of today like the m4a1 and what have you m16 a2 what have you but i don't know that it looks like a really interesting shooter and it's going to be cool to see how weather effects like really dramatic environmental effects like tsunamis earthquakes violent tornadoes really affect your handling of the aircraft or the the land vehicles or affect the trajectory of your bullets like i'm hardcore into that i think that's going to be neat hopefully they do it the right way <laughs> hopefully yes. it's not just a craft shoot and it's just added and a nickel and diming fest yeah. right <laughs> like you added <Yes>. features <laughs> so these games will continue to roll out i hope that you and i can get together now that we have this set up at least a little bit more frequently than this huge gap but i just wanted to thank you again for coming onto the show and i look forward to speaking to you again soon now thanks for having me dude it's it's always a pleasure man thank you I just want to take a quick moment to give a huge shout out to Caged Muscle Supplements. If you guys don't know, I just recently joined their innovator program and I couldn't be more excited to be associated with one of, if not in my opinion, the best supplement companies in the world. You can head over to my Instagram page to learn more about their products as well as their culture. You can also use the link in my bio as well as my promo code JG15 to save 15% on your order. The well-rounded piece.